You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have Pamela Hilliard, Hilliard Owens here today. She is CEO and founder of an amazing business that's all about creating a brand and a business that you love. So welcome, Pamela. Thank you. Thank you so much, Melody, for having me on. Yeah. So tell all of the listeners who may not be familiar with you yet uh, who you are and what you do. Okay. Thank you. Well, um, I am located in Detroit, Michigan, born and raised. And I started, well, actually, I just celebrated last Saturday, July 7th of 2018, my 10th year in business as a freelance business owner. That's awesome. And um, so we're celebrating the entire month of July, actually. And uh, your business, your brand creatively is actually my third company. I started, um, well, first of all, I was originally um, a teacher and a college professor. I knew in second grade I wanted to be an English teacher. And so (laughs) I did that for quite a while. And then I left teaching and went into sales, sales leadership and management. I had clients all over the country, you know, corporate sales, consultative sales, all of that. And then, um, I, and that was during the period where there was a lot of downsizing. I don't know if people mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. But every time you turned around, the com- companies were downsizing and merging. And I was downsized four times in six years. That was not fun. And um, so in, in June of, 28, of 20, uh, 2008, June of 2008, 10 years ago, I decided I never wanted to work for anybody again, my, you know, ever again. Mm-hmm. So I put my two skill sets and experience out of education and sales together and started my first company, Writing It Right For You, uh, which was a writing and editing company. And uh, then two, no, four, and then in, four years later in 2012, uh, because so many of my clients asked us to edit their manuscripts and they didn't know what to do with those edited manuscripts after mm-hmm. that, I started my second company, Detroit Inc. Publishing, which is an independent publishing house. And I worked with writers who want to be published authors. And then because I ran into so many people who were creative people, they were writers, musicians, artists, graphic designers, things like that. And they were great at the art part, but they weren't so great about the business part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, two years after that, in 2014, I started Your Business, Your Brand Creatively. And uh, so that is my umbrella company. I do most most of the things uh, that I do under, and we abbreviate it, YB2C. And then two years after that, in 2016, I started a podcast, YB2C Live, podcast for entrepreneurs. So that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just that? That's it? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You are one busy lady. Goodness. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I I love all of it. I love all of it. It makes me feel good because I'm not alone. I feel like I'm always doing a thousand things. So it's nice to talk to someone else who is multi-passionate too, because sometimes I feel very overcommitted. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So 
take me back to that moment when you said, okay, I'm done working for other people. What was that breaking point? What did that look like? Well, the breaking point was um, because actually a couple of years before that, I went back to teaching just for a little while because um, we needed to get a second mortgage on the house. And my husband was also self-employed. And to get that second mortgage, somebody, somebody needed to have a real job. <laughs> yeah. So after we got the second mortgage on the house, I quit teaching again. And um, uh, I was kind of looking around for different jobs and things like that. And in the winter and spring of 2008, I was applying everywhere. Now, remember, I had been working for decades by this time. And, and very few people even called me in for an interview. And one company that, who called me in, that called me in for an interview offered uh, some kind of sales job, offered me $21,000 base what? salary. Oh. I said, that's what I pay my housekeeper. <laughs> Not to mention the young lady who was calling me in for the interview was younger than all three of my children. I said, okay, that is it. <laughs> that is it. And at the time, my daughter, who is um, a writer and a publisher, she had a consulting company where she worked specifically with writers on editing and things like that. And she said, mom, you can do this. And so um, in May of 2008, we were in at Purdue. My nephew was graduating from Purdue. The whole family was there. And my daughter and I literally sat on the bed in the hotel room and decided this was what I was going to do. And I had no idea, you know, how to go about it. So that was May 2008. In June 2008, I sat in front of the computer the entire month teaching myself how to go into business. Because being a writer and having a writing business are two different things. Yes, so, they are. Um, I taught myself how to go into business. I, I went to every website I could find. I made my own poor little looking, you can imagine what websites look like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. I made my own little static one-page website. <laughs> and, um, I, and at the time, my ki our kids were grown. My husband at that time had a great job. So we could afford for me not to make any income for a few months. And um, so he, I told him, I promised him, I said, if you will support me, I promise you, I'll be bringing in $4,000 a month minimum within six months. Well, I did it in three months because of my sales ah. background. And uh, so I started, like I said, I opened up my doors in July of, of 2008. And um, three months later, I got my first international client in September of 2008. Next thing I know, I'm a global enterprise. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and, it, and it just grew from there. That's amazing. So what gave you the courage to really take that leap? The, it wasn't, well, it was courage. Well, for one thing, uh, a lot of people in my family are now entrepreneurs. So I had role okay. models, number one. Number two, there's nothing worse than ha having your career um, at the mercy of some n big nameless company. Yeah. Where, because, um, you know, you go to work and then all of a sudden you're downsized. You had no, no notice, no nothing. And um, the worst thing that happened to me, I was working for one of those um, large computer companies with sales. And there, was, there were three people in our department, me and two men. And our territory was the city of Detroit. We were supposed to sell computer systems. Well, we all had a $3 million a year quota. But the two men, not only did they have, were they given a $10,000 base salary, $10,000 more than my base salary, and we were supposed to all be equal. 
But then also the men were given departments in the city, like the fire department, the police department. You know how many computers the police department buys? Yeah. And they gave me these little teensy weensy departments who bought, you know, like $5,000 at a time. You know how hard it is to get to $3 million, $5,000 at a time. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Meanwhile, the police and fire, they bought computers a million dollars at a time. So, so um, I just kept working hard and all that. But what happened, I went to work um, in, in, in November, and by the afternoon, I had been fired because I wasn't making quota. Ugh. And the, on top of that, because the way the city works, I worked all year for these contracts, but the city council did not approve the contracts. They approved them all at once in December. I was fired three weeks before the city council voted on my contracts, and I lost $16,000 in commission because I was not working for the company at the time the city council voted in my contracts. That was it. <laughs> yeah, was I, think, it. I think I would have left too. Or, yeah. yeah, that's when I decided there's got to be a better way out there. And if I'm going to work so hard, I might as well work hard for myself. And so that's what I, that's what, that, that, that was the impetus that got me going and thinking about it. And then I just decided this was the time to do it. It didn't even occur to me that we were right in the middle of the Great Recession. <laughs> I just yeah. knew that this was the time for me to just put everything. I had a lot of skill sets. I had a lot of experience and all different kinds of things. My English is perfect. <laughs> and um, so I just, that, that's when I decided that uh, writing and editing business would be the one for me. That's amazing. But, you know, I think there's a lot of us with that story because, so while you were in like a career, then I was just starting my journey as I had just graduated from college. So mm -hmm. I was in the opposite place, except I couldn't find any job because no one wanted to hire anybody straight out of college. Right, so, right. Yeah, I think necessity is the mother of invention, invention for mo most of us because we took that struggle of not being able to get a job or not being able to keep a job or whatever during that time period and created great things out of it. So I hope right, that exactly. continues to be the case for all of us. Um, Cause now I feel like everybody and their dog is a coach or a consultant or <laughs> whatever. And back in the day, you know, back in like 2010 and for you back in 2008, nobody else was doing this. And now everybody's doing it. Exactly, exactly. And, and for, for many, many reasons, a lot of reasons, excuse me, <clears throat> like you say, you know, people just aren't hiring or they aren't hiring at the level that people who are just graduating from college, they have all this education, they have all these college loans um, yep. at, at, at the, at the um, rate where these, these uh, former students feel that they can make it. And um, it's just much more difficult these days to find something that matches your skill set, your values, and your vision for your life. And so if you can't find someone else to help you do that, then you might as well do it for yourself. Yeah, it's funny because, so I've been doing digital marketing now for eight years, six years on my own, and I've been headhunted on LinkedIn by local companies and companies in my state. And so I'm, I'm never actually serious about taking them up on it, but I, I kind of want to know like their salary. Right. So, so I'll say, Hey, okay. What, what would the salary and hours be like for this? Their salaries are laughable for yes. someone with almost 10 years experience. Why the hell would you pay somebody 25 to $30,000 a year? That is crazy. 
It is very, it, it, it is crazy. And not only, you know, not only are the salaries laughable, but the work conditions are often laughable. Yes. Um, you know, and, and now I've been on my own for so long, just the thought of having to be somewhere at a specific time and stays there for a specific number of hours makes my head explode. Exactly. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to have to be like, well, let me ask off for this one week of vacation. Right, or, right. Ugh. Or what if, you know, a family member is sick and you need to stay in their, ho their uh, hospital room for days. I mean, that's part of the reason my job before I started working for myself, um, they didn't fire me, but part of the reason I left is they gave me grief for leaving for a week for my grandmother's funeral. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. What? Like, yeah. I I can, I can, believe me, I can fully understand that. I can fully understand that. And it's, 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 it was, it wasn't funny at the time, but at, you know, at the time I started my, my, my company, my first company in 2008, like I said, my husband had a great job with the county. Um, he was making a great salary and full benefits and all of that. And three, almost exactly three years later, he went to work um, at 8.30 in the morning on a Monday and was home at 8.45. He had been downsized. Oh, my goodness. And so it was up to me to support both of us um, until he got another real job five years later. And so I tell, I tell people that because when you are making a freelance business for yourself, you have to realize, is this going to be something I just do on my, in my spare time? Is this something going to be a hobby? Is this going to be part-time or, or, or am I going to support myself and my family and build something with my business? And you have to make that decision um, either right at the beginning or move into that decision. If you want to do it, you know, quite part-time and part of, you know, that, that's okay. But um, if you want to really, really have this to be your, your one and only your primary income to support yourself and your family, then you have to approach it like that and approach it like a business. Yeah. And I definitely think you need to have the right mindset about it, too. Exactly. Um, because I know a lot of people I've talked to, they already have beat themselves up about it. They're already like, well, I'm not going to succeed. I'm not, this is too difficult. And if you go into it with that kind of thought pattern, of course you're not going to succeed because you're not going to feel like you're good at what you do or you're worthy of success. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And you know, a lot of people say, well, have a plan B. I'm just the opposite. No. I didn't have a plan B because yeah. if I had a plan B, I wouldn't work so hard on plan A. Exactly. Now, technically, of course, I could always go out and get a job. It wouldn't pay as well, but I could get a job. I think, you know, they're always looking for teachers. You know, teachers are, they have such low salaries and hard working conditions these days. But if push came to shove, I could get a teaching job tomorrow. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. I've been there, done that. And so um, always concentrating on my plan A, um, you know, without worrying about plan B, what if I fail? I just don't give myself permission to fail, which doesn't mean there aren't hard times and ups and downs, because there certainly are. But like you said, there's hard times when you have a job, too. So Exactly. Mm -hmm. So speaking of those hard times, what do you feel like has been your biggest challenge? And the hardest thing you've had to go through as you've grown these businesses? Well, the uh, everyday challenge is, is, keeping your, is keeping your sales funnel full and managing the projects and making sure that you make the income on a monthly, quarterly, and annual basis that you set, set for yourself. Mm -hmm. But the worst thing that happened to me was last year in 2017. Um, I had a client, we've been working together since December of 2010. 
And um, we never met. He lived in, he lived in uh, Pasadena, California. But um, we worked together really, really well. We became good friends. And we worked on various projects building up to his dream project of bringing a board game about entrepreneurship, bringing that board game um, to market. And in November of 2015, he said, I'm ready for the big project. And we negotiated and talked about it for six months. And finally, in July of 2016, we started. It was going to be an 18-month, $75,000 project. Wow. The, the, money was, the money wasn't a problem for him. We should all have clients for, for whom money <laughs> wasn't a problem. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so the first part of the, pro, of, of the project was July 2016 through December 2016. And um, he, I, he wanted me to ghostwrite a book about and and I because I had worked with him on various parts of this project before building up to this you know it was a matter of pulling everything together and get everything started for his website and and researching the um bringing the the the, the product to market and all of that so he paid me 25 the first $25,000 from July through um December of 2016 and he told me then I'm having some health challenges and um I said okay but like I said we've been working together for 6 years and so in January, when it was time, January 2017, when it was time for the second portion of the project from January to June, he said, okay, let's just keep on going. I have a few health challenges. I'll get back to you. I wasn't really worried because he always paid me. It might have been a week late, but he always paid me no problem. January went by. He said, don't worry, guy. don't worry. Everything's okay. February went by. And all, I didn't hear from him. And I, then I was starting to get worried. Um, and then on March 1st of 2017, I found out he died. <gasps> he had cancer. And I don't even think he, he would, knew he was as sick as, as he was. And I certainly didn't know he was that sick. And so not only did I lose a dear friend, a, a client of more than six years, but I also lost a project, what I had projected to be $50,000 in income for the year. Oh, Without wow. notice, just, you know, uh, just <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> and so that was quite difficult to get through. It was quite difficult to get through. For all those reasons, he was, you know, not only a client, not only half my income for the year, but also a dear friend. So oh, That's awful. Yeah, that was the worst thing that happened to me over the 10 years, and that happened last year. And it so, took quite a while for me to um, uh, regroup from that. What lesson did you learn from those challenges then? <laughs> so what... What kind of, um, yeah. The lessons that I learned was um, uh, just to keep on going. Um, and because it was such a big project, I didn't leave room for too many other projects. I knew how long it would take me to, to do this. So I had to go back and, and revamp my marketing, even though I always market. I, I don't like to overcommit myself. And this was a huge project. And so... Um, I had to revamp my marketing, and, and sometimes, and this happens in life, but it also happens in your business, it seemed like um, after he died, it seemed like nobody wanted to start with me. I mean, I put out proposal after proposal, talk to people. It seemed like I, would, I think between March of, March of 2017 and August, I think I got one relatively medium-sized project that entire time. It seemed like nobody was going to work with me after all this time. And I really thought I, I, maybe I should, maybe I should just close down, but then I didn't. And once I changed my mindset and there was something else that came, went on, um, that summer, but I don't really want to get into that, but it did negatively affect my business. Um, but then in but then I decided, okay, I am not going to quit. 
I'm going to keep on going. And in September of 20, that was last year, September 2017, I had to redo all my websites. And um, it, was a, it was a big deal. But then I, what happened was, is that also in, Septem in September and October of 2017, all of a sudden I started getting new clients again. Mm. And clients with big projects. And the, the two biggest projects I got, one in September and one in October, the first one in September was because of a workshop that I did for a writer's group almost 18 months previous. I, this, this, this gentleman was in the, in the um, audience when I did this workshop about how to write and publish your book. I don't remember him being in the audience. There were probably 30 or 40 people there at this workshop. But he contacted me, and he had six books he wanted to publish. Oh, wow. So we're on number four now. And then in October of 2017, um, I was referred to, because I always you know, have my, my uh, uh, elevator, elevator speech ready, you never know who's watching you or who is listening to you. I was referred to, uh, to another writer by someone who heard me with my elevator speech, and she referred me to do this big book that, um, that, for publishing. So those two big clients, then all of a sudden the, the ball started rolling again. And so it, it, it's, it's been great. It's been great. And you think it's all attributed to you just change, like not giving up and changing your mindset around that? Changing my mindset. When, when you just, because when you, what you put, and I learned this a long time ago when I was in sales, what you think about, you bring about. Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking, okay, I am going to succeed. I'm not going to fail then that gives you the impetus to say, okay, what do I need to put in place? What do I need to add? What do I need to subtract? What do I need to change? And then and on the outside, you never, and this, you know, you've heard this phrase from decades ago, never let them see you sweat. Yep. So nobody knew that, that I was going through all of these issues with my business. To them, oh, you do all this stuff and you have all these companies? Great, let me refer you some business. And, and but when when I close the door, oh my God, am I going to make it till tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, it really oh is all in who you know and the mindset you have around yourself and your business. Exactly, and then never ever stop marketing. Never yeah. ever stop marketing. That is the problem I see. Since marketing is my thing, some clients will come to me and they'll say, "Okay, we want to pause because we want to take a break with our marketing," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Like, that, that's how you get more customers. What, exactly. Why would you stop? <laughs> exactly. And I get, I get the majority of my clients, um, well, let me, let me put it this way. I don't do any advertising. I do my marketing through social media, through networking, and then I get um, a lot of my clients through referrals and repeat business. So someone asked me yesterday, do you do Google ads? No, I have no need to do Google ads yet. I have enough business just from the marketing that I, that I, that I do myself. Well, and, uh, and I tell my clients, I said, you know, cause I have a lot of clients. Well, I'm going to go to this bidding site, you know, one of these bidding sites where they pay you, you know, really, really basement rates and half the jobs aren't even worth your time. I said, why don't you spend that time marketing yourself? You know, rather than going to these low cost bidding sites. And I tell my clients, I said, you have to market yourself on your value. You will never, ever win on price. There will always be somebody cheaper. So what do you bring to the table that will solve the problem or the challenge or the issue of your potential client? And you, and you, and you market yourself that way. Yeah, absolutely. So as we wrap up, 
what would one piece of advice that you would have for a woman listening who maybe wants to start her own business or has just gotten started? What advice would you give her? My number one piece of advice would be to sit down and plan out everything. Plan out everything from your finances to your marketing to your ideal client before you even, you know, before you even really hang out your shingle, get all that kinds of, get all those kinds of things planned out. If you are, you know, if this is going to be your primary only uh, form of income, make sure that you have savings because it does take three to six months, sometimes up to a year to become really profitable. Mm-hmm. And like I said, when I started, I had my husband's income to, to keep, to keep us going. But because I had that and because I, I laid out everything that month, that entire month, I didn't move from my computer the entire month of June and I planned out everything for the next year. Um, because it's hard to go by the seat of your pants. And when you have a plan to work from, so that would be my number one, make a plan. And if you're already in business, take a, a, a couple of days, and it does take a couple of days to stop everything and renew and review your plan. And yeah. work your, and, and go back and work your plan. Get all your systems in place, get all your finances in place, get all your goals in place, and then keep going or then start. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing advice. And it's so true. Everybody, I think that's one of the key things that people forget is that you need to be organized and you need to have a plan in place. Exactly. 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 And, you know, because people ask me, well, I have, um, I have two assistants now and that, you know, that really helps me to to deal with everything. But I also have my systems in place. I know which apps to use. Um, I talked to somebody yesterday and she said, well, I can't send you this document until I get home because it's on my home computer. I said, well, one of the things we're going to work on <laughs> is how you can have everything available at all times yep. because you should be able to send me that file from your phone. And she said, yeah, I want you to help me with that. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, it's a, it doesn't matter where I am, whether I'm here, whether I'm overseas, I can find anything at any time. Yep, exactly. Well, this has been so much fun, Pamela. Thank you so much for joining us. You're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So let everybody know where they can find you online if they want to work with you. Okay. That would be great. The the website um, is YB, the number two, YB2CSystem.com. YB2CSystem.com is uh, my consulting company and was branding and marketing and Detroit Inc. I-N-K, DetroitIncPublishing.com is my publishing company. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again, and I hope all of you enjoyed this, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.